Welcome back to the 4A Baseball Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We are here with our final power rankings, the one that, honestly, I've been the most excited for the whole time. I finally get to say that. I love talking pitchers. The best part of baseball, and all honesty, the most fun to watch. They got the best highlights. They bend the ball. They strike people out. Sometimes, if you're a Dodgers fan, they let up home runs. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. I feel like I, I feel like I sound like a broken record, but uh, this is going to be a controversial one. I mean, you got 30 teams, 30 aces, and mm-hmm. 10 spots on this list. It's going. It's going to be. It's going to be tough. There's, I don't there's think a lot every of, team has an ace. Yeah, but every pitcher's got a starting pitcher. One. So there's a lot of good talent here to work with, and some have more than one pitcher on one team. So it, we have a lot of pitchers to, to work through. Stevs, how are we doing? Uh, when I started whittling down uh, this, I, I started to at 52 pitchers, and I worked my way down to 10. Uh, that just shows you how many good pitchers there are, how many names there are at least um, without, without throughout the league. And just there's a lot of pitchers I think are going to move up and down this list throughout the entire season. Yeah. So uh, we kind of talk about this in our left field episode. We actually want to go through our top 10 first, and then we're going to hit honorable mentions to make sure like we don't like cross paths with one another, expose a couple things. Uh, you guys good with that? I am down for that. All right. Yep. Tom, you're kicking it off at number 10. Oh, man. Oh, God. Oh, man. So my number 10 is Max Freed. And I feel like this might be a low spot for him, but the guys above him are just so much – I don't know. It's hard to explain with this guy. I think he might be the best left-handed pitcher in all of baseball. Um, soft contact guy, limits walks. Not really a strikeout guy, but that's not what you get with Max Freed. Uh, kind of took over in – 2020 was really his real breakout season. And since then, he's been at the top of that rotation. Obviously, Strider now coming in. He might not be that number one guy, but I think he will continue to be that number one guy. Um, he's just got the stuff, man. And he continues to prove it uh, for three seasons now. I think he's going to be in that Cy Young conversation. No, nah, he's nice with it. I, I like Max Freed. He's not going to be a brave next season, though. Like yep. 2024. Yeah. Um, he was drafted by the Padres. Hmm. Maybe, we'll they, maybe re- they like revisit, to have that. Revisit right that. Uh, I would like to see that trade. Oh, let me pull that up real quick while Stevs talks about his number 10. Well, number 10 for me was also Max Fried. I mean, um, <laughs> so Tom Tom starting off this episode saying it's going to be a little controversial, and we got the same player here. But, I mean, Max Fried does everything you want from your quote-unquote ace, right? He throws the ball well, stays in the strike zone, keeps a low enough ERA to a 248 ERA. Uh, he had a 270 FIP and 101 whip. Um, very good percentiles across the board. Um, it was in the 94th percentile in walk percentage and barrel percentage, which I think is uh, kind of interesting that both of those are the exact same percentile. Brad, <laughs> um, you, where, who do you got at number 10? Well, I just want to say, so the trade that happened was that the Braves acquired Max Freed, Jace Peterson, Dustin Peterson, and Malik Smith in exchange for Justin Upton and Aaron Northcraft. Well, you can't forget Justin Upton was a very highly uh, regarded prospect at a, at yeah. a certain time, but well, that did not too. work out. He was, he was good. good in the show. Yeah, but he was he was supposed to be like the next the next Mike Trout before Mike. I think it was during Mike Trout. You before, know, like the next. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the next big thing with with Mike Trout. So he was yeah. only with the Padres for one season. He put up a 790 OPS in that year, and he put up a 4.2 baseball reference worth. That's a good trade for them, but it, obviously it didn't turn out that way six years later. I I would consider that a fleece at this point. You got you got your ace and your rotation now in Max Fried. But Brad, do you have Max Fried at number ten, or do you have someone different? I have Carlos Rodon. I have okay. his issue is 
he's throwing the most innings he ever threw this year is only 178. And he did that in 31 games pitch. So that means he averaged less than six innings per start, which is not great. He actually maintained fastball velocity. He didn't fall off the edge of a cliff, which was really nice for him. Because if you remember last year in 2021, his fastball velocity just died. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, and I, I think I, I don't know. I think you're talking down on Carlos Rodon. He's been getting consistently better every year. I don't know how he's going to play in in New York, um, but I, I'll talk about him later. And it's going to be a decent while later. Uh, My Seb, issue with him is that the this is the most he's ever thrown. It was only 178 innings. Yeah, like and the fact if maybe sure like 28 starts 178 innings, that's nice, right? But this guy's averaging less than six innings per start, especially when New York's about to pay him to be their number two and their down arms. Um, it's also the fact he's a two-pitch pitcher, which he's been successful with. It's just he might might want to look into that changeup or curveball. Yeah, I think that's something that he can maybe develop out there um, in New York. Obviously, not as good as the, as the, um, as the Giants. Actually, um, that's one of the only things the Yankees are good at developing. I mean... I feel like Carlos Rodon came to the Giants as an all-star and then left even better. Uh, I think he was second and fifth, uh, first in case per nine. I mean, when he's out there, he is he's very elite. I mean, he's one of the best in the game. I I really I I like him in that in that top five conversation. I'm gonna mention him later. I can't I can't say I can't spoil much I mean, more after that. So for for me, right? Like he's played what he's played one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He's played eight seasons now. This will be his ninth, and he kind of came into the league, did his thing, then got hurt, and I think ever since that injury, he's honestly just been better um, across the board. So I think I think Tom's on to something that he is on uh, kind of like an uprise, and he's he's only gotten better with age, right? So I think he I think he does have that possibility to be in that top five conversation, but I. And I think I again, there's so many good pitchers. I don't think you can really argue him being at ten, but I think you can also argue him for being within that top five to three range. So as you have him I on mean, your list, so, right? He's on my list. Okay. I just want I just want a quick correction. Carlos Rodon was not second in uh, FIP. He was first in FIP yeah. among qualified starter pitchers. Um, that's why Fangraphs I, loved him. I I love him. He was great for the Giants, man. I wish he came back, but you know it's okay. Yeah, but he didn't. Um, I mean, and you talk about that, that lower, uh, innings pitch size while still managing to put up more strikeouts than guys that would throw 205 innings in Aaron Nola, you know, other guys, um, only guys that threw more strikeouts than him were Burns and Cole, who both are inning eating machines. Yeah. Um, and I, he's got the highest case for nine in the league. I, when he's on the mound, he's great. I just, that I, I understand your concern about the health, but I think, I think that's the only thing holding him back from being in that top five conversation. I think you're also going to see a lot of like my pitcher trends that has to do with health. Uh, if that's not a spoiler for later, then fair enough. Uh, but on the contrary, I have Max Fried at number nine. Okay. Uh, Max Fried, great pitcher. He stopped trying to strike everyone out and he got a ton better. He doesn't walk anyone. Uh, he's like the master of soft contact. And 2022 is his best full campaign. He has good pitch uses, diversity, and it's really nice to see, in all honesty. Uh, emergence of an ace for the Braves. Obviously, Strider might take that step, but free. Um, that's that's definitely I, true. Um, I, I'm gonna I want to go I want to go next because I feel like this is gonna be the Stev's take of the of the episode. But 
no, at number nine, I do. I went with Shane McClanahan. Um, I like what he brings to the table. Uh, he's again a Ray. Um, so he kind of is just good. Uh, he's high in nearly every percentile. He's like top. I think he's top three. Like when I was ranking them, kind of percentiles wise. Uh, but he pitched to a two five four ERA last year, three hundred FIP, and a point oh nine three uh WHIP. He is very good. He was a Cy Young candidate for a large majority of last season before his injuries kind of took him out of that conversation in general. Um, he has four pitches. He uses he utilizes all four of them extremely well. Um, I don't really see a negative with Shane McClanahan. Yeah, I like uh, Shane I think McClanahan. The only, yeah, the Sorry. only thing holding him back is just the the youth and the fact that we've only seen this one dominant season from him. I think that's you have so many veterans in this top ten list. At least me. Um, the pitching is kind of dominated by veterans right now. And I mean, there's a very good young class coming up right now, but obviously the guys who have already, um, you know, proven themselves, I think deserve this spot on the list. I think he by far, I mean, if he continues what he's been doing, he will be on this list by the end of the season. Uh, I think it's just too early right now. Yeah. And like McClanahan has three pitches with more than a negative, uh, negative five run value, two of them over negative 10. And like, that's a really good telltale sign of his success. It's just, he hasn't done it for a long period of time and honestly that's definitely fair. i like i like it's proven and they've stayed they've stayed healthy or if they haven't stayed healthy they're beyond dominant yeah i mean fair. i can't argue with it let me just go to the flip side of stevs and go for a very old person in max scherzer um obviously had an innings problem last season i think he only went i mean in, in a in a season with injuries still went 145 innings um, he's still one of the best in the game. I, I think we're all overlooking it. I feel like his play in the wild card series and Stevs is nope. Okay, I'm right. Okay. Um, he's still very good. That's all I have to say. I mean, he he's walking 4.2 percent of batters while striking out 30.6 at age 38. Um, he's still got it. Um, and you, we'll talk about another guy on this list that ages like fine wine. These two, and Max Scherzer. Uh, he just he just continues to stay at that high level. And he's been in that Cy Young level for years now, and he will continue to do so. In all honesty, I don't have him on my list. Um, it's be, or Max Scherzer. It's because of the age and the injury. Like it's, uh, I guess it's, there's a bit of forecast bias there, but Max Scherzer just, he's very, very good, but there's no reliability in the fact that he's going to throw more than 140 innings next year. Yeah, I feel like this episode just got a whole lot more spicy. I feel like Stevs gave me that look that he's not in that top five, or not not below that top five conversation. He's definitely up there on Stevs' list. This is going to be interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to shake out. Uh, for the for like the way for the consensus by the end of the oh the god, episode. I'm actually going to have to do math today. Yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's safe to it. say we know who number ten is. So at least that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. All right, Brad, bring us into number eight. Uh, I have Zachary Wheeler of the Philadelphia Phillies, an absolute workhorse who struggled with a bit of injury this year, but through the rest of the season pitched to a 2-7 ERA besides that one month of April. Um, I believe he threw 200-plus innings in 2019 and 2021, arguably should have won the Cy Young Award if it weren't for Corbin Burns's FIP in 2021. Um, and the one concerning thing I saw was a 4.6 to a 7.7% barrel rate uh, his FIP was once again fantastic. It's just a really good pickup that has only developed into an even better pitcher. 
Yeah, I mean, this is kind of where you get into that conversation of, you know, guys that are all very good, and it's hard to rank them. And the, um, I guess the ironic part is that I had a guy from the same team at the spot in Aaron Nola. Yep. Aaron Nola is my number eight. Um, he's been doing this for a while. Obviously, we've had some down seasons. I think 2021 was a bit of a down season. 2020 was not that good. But I think his 20 – was it 2018 was when we saw that dominant pitcher? Yeah. Um, he, he's returned to that form. Um, he's going to be one of the biggest uh, free agent uh, acquisitions coming up soon. Does not walk batters. Strikes out at a high rate. I mean, this this guy is insane. I mean, the 3.6 walk rate, top 1% in the league. Um, he and the thing the thing about him that that kind of separates him from other guys is that he doesn't allow hard contact. A lot of these guys that are like power pitchers allow extremely hard contact, but Aaron Nola kind of limits that and he gets a uh, decently soft contact for a for a starting pitcher. Yeah, um, I like both of them. I don't have Wheeler on my list, but I do have Aaron Nola right here. Um, yeah, and he pitched it. 3.25 ERA, um, a 2.58 FIP, and a 0.096 WHIP. Um, he's a very good player. Uh, he's had his, like Tom mentioned, he had his best season since 2018. This past season was really a driving factor in the Phillies making it all the way to the World Series. Um, he utilizes all of his pitches well. He stays in the strike zone. There's not really much more you want from a pitcher, and especially when you have a good one-two punch like Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. Um, in Philadelphia, they're going to want to try and hold on to him. I don't think they're going to be able to, and I think another team's going to go out and try and snag him, um, and I'm definitely interested to see where that goes. So, as you guys know, I love Aaron Nola, so he's going to be a little bit higher up on my list. Okay. Um, it's Also, the thing you have to consider with him is the fact that he's played in front of the Philly defense, and this is the first year where it was an unbelievably god, godly awful. Um, and I genuinely think that Aaron Nola is a quite the quality pitcher, as does as do I think my number seven of Garrett Cole of the New York Yankees. Um, Garrett Cole is a modern day workhorse. His contract, as of right now, was honestly worth the money as he's posted top ten Cy Young votings in all three years, led the entire league in strikeouts. Besides his should have been 2019 Cy Young award, this guy's been not the best at generating good quality of contact. Ridiculously high whiff rate, high chase rate, elite fastball rise, three plus pitches with a K percentage over 30%. And his 2022 didn't look great from the Stevs metric ERA, but excluding 2019, his expected ERA was right in line for where he's been the past four seasons. Yeah, I mean, Garrett Cole, I, I don't think it was a person that made me or Stevs' list. Stevs, did he make your list? Okay. I mean, no. so the thing about the thing about Garrett Cole is that, yes, he's a workhorse, and I think, Brad, you assign that value to the fact that he pitches 200 innings a season, very valuable to a team, high strikeout guy. But if he's not getting you out with strikeouts, he is getting hit very hard. I mean, he allowed the most home runs in baseball last season. That's not a very big factor for me, but, like, he allows very hard contact. He's not a, he's not a soft contact type of guy. When he gets hit, he gets hit very hard. Um, so he kind of does have to rely on the strikeout. Uh, you know, he is a he's a modern-day, like, power pitcher. You know, he needs to get you out of the strikeout. He does not let up soft contact. So I think that is the thing that knocks him out of the top 10. I feel like there's so much talent in here. Um, but I think there, there, it, Garrett Cole's a kind of a safe bet. He he eats innings and he strikes out batters. But I don't know how much value that gives to your team. Like, it compared to a you considerable know. amount of value. Uh, that point is is not that the was best, bad point. but 
but but Garrett Cole, you know what you're gonna get from Garrett Cole, assuming he is healthy, which for the past however what however many seasons he has five been. or six, yeah. Um, and you know what you're gonna get from him a lot of strikeouts, a lot of innings, and that's really what you need uh from a Garrett Cole type guy. I like Garrett Cole. Um, what I like Garrett Cole on the baseball field. He brings a lot to the table, but he's not. He wasn't. He didn't stand. He wasn't my honorable mentions, and he did. He just didn't stand up to everybody that I had in the top ten. Um, yeah. For me, coming in, we're at number seven, right? Yeah. Um, I had his teammate Carlos Rodon. Uh, Rodon pitched a two eight eight ERA last season, a two two five uh FIP and a one oh three WHIP. Um, he's just a very very good player. Um, the Giants definitely did help him um all the way around throughout the entirety of last season they kind of turned him from this kind of like not a lot of people like not a lot of your average fan kind of knew who Carlos Rodon was heading into what was it the 2021 season then he had that no hitter and he kind of like threw him on the map for a lot of people and then and so then and then he was an all-star and this and that and then the Giants kind of turned him around and made him this type of guy that can go out and get you and made him like that hundred whatever million dollar player that he is right now. Um, and I think the Giants definitely helped him throughout that entire process. And I think the Yankees are only going to help him even more. And I think he's going to put up some of the best seasons of his career in New York, but I just need to see how he performs in order for me to put him any higher than this. Okay. Um, bringing me in here. I don't really, I don't know where you guys rank on this guy. Um, Best player in baseball, though. Shohei Otani at number seven. Um, I don't know if this is high, low, out of nowhere. I, I can't really gauge your reactions, but he's he was arguably one of the best pitchers in baseball last season. I know Brad loves him. Um, I mean, he he's a, he's a strikeout pitcher, and, and he did lower the walk rate. Uh, not significantly, but it's down to 6.7 from 8.3. Uh, had one of the lowest DR, expected ERAs in the league. So we're seeing that Shohei is the real deal on both sides of the field. I mean – we all knew he could hit, but now I think he's regarded as one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, and I think he should continue that next season. I'm worried about a little bit. I'm a little worried about injuries and, uh, you know, how much time he's going to be on the mound. Um, but when he's on the mound, he's one of the best in baseball. Agreed. Yeah, um, I definitely agree with that. I, I'm sorry. I'm pulling up my list real quick. Uh, I really like Shoei Otani. He's kind of fun to watch, but I do agree. The injury concern is always there. Like he's proven to be healthy the past two years, like knock on wood, but like, it's just one wrong move, and it's someone we'll talk about later. Um, at <laughs> um, uh, number we're, we're six, heading to, sorry, and then number six. Let me let me because that's a good transition. Number six for me is Jacob Degrom. Um, when he is on the field, he is the best pitcher in baseball. That's not even a debate. That's not a question. But he played sixty-four games last season. How many? How many did he play the season before? I wish he I could play 64. sixty-four. I could pitch sixty-four games in a season. That would be great. Sorry, 64, 64 innings. Uh, he pitched ninety-two the season before, sixty-eight the season before that, and then he was back to like actually healthy. So for me, I can't put a guy that has barely touched a hundred that hasn't touched a hundred innings in three seasons. Granted, twenty twenty was a uh, was a COVID season, so. You have to kind of adjust to that, but um, I can't put him in over the next five guys, in my opinion. 
he is the best pitcher in baseball when he is healthy. Like I'm looking at his percentile page. He's in the 198th percentile on nearly everything, like across the board. That was just last season. Um, so, I mean, he, he is a phenomenal pitcher. He's the best pitcher in baseball, but he's already come out like this season. Like he, spring training started what, like a week ago and yeah. he's already come out and they shut him down for two weeks. I no, can't. They, it was like one day, dude. It was, he's already throwing again. He, he was fine. Yeah, but he's not. He can't do do bullpen bullpens. Like he's just kind of going through the motions, isn't he? He wasn't. They shut him down. Like they, he can't like do like actual live stuff. I will defend Jacob Degrom until I die. I mean, that's that's fair. And and I'm not I'm not upset that you guys will have him higher. But throughout this entire rankings, if injury is a big concern, I rate them very much like a lot lower than normal. And with him, it's been a consistent theme. It's a consistent theme through right now in the in this in pitchers and catchers reporting, and I can't have him in the top five. Um, I think when someone is so unbelievably good that you can no question Which say they're fair. the best pitcher in baseball when they're on the field, they deserve a little bit more value. Um, I had Aaron Nola at six. Uh, big Aaron Nola guy. Uh, two seven four expected ERA in 2022. Just another testament to how bad the Phillies' defense is. Uh, it's also backed by the fact that he had the best qualified strikeouts per walk in all of baseball in 2022. Uh, he's a consistent workhorse. He threw 200 innings in 2018, 19, and 22. Threw 185 in 2021. He masters the horizontal plane, like working left and right. His four seam is fantastic. His changeup gets pounded into the ground consistently. This is his best season, as you guys said, since 2018. And he's really good at just not allowing free bases, which a combination of that's a great pitch on any team. Yeah, for sure. I, I just I just want to see one more season from him. I think that's the only thing stopping him, but he is in a big contract season now, free agent coming up. Uh, so something to prove. Uh, he's probably going to be really good this year. Um, but that brings me into my number, where are we, number six? Yes. Number six. Yes. Okay, I have Dylan Cease at number six. Um, I don't know if this is low, high. Another one kind of confusing. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball, top five last season. Um, kind of went from a guy that was a power pitcher, strikeout guy that would get shelled, like Garrett Cole, um, and started now limiting hard hits. And that is what you need to see from a guy like that. And if you get him going 184 innings pitch like he did last year, that is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Obviously, the walks, little, uh, not a little, a lot below average. Um, I think that's a bit of a control issue. But the fact that he's a high strikeout pitcher now paired with a, uh, a, a soft contact, that's one. That's what you get when you get the best pitcher in baseball or one of the best pitchers in baseball. The the walks are insanely concerning. No, you don't have them on your list? Negative Ghost Rider. Oh, oh my gosh. So I wanted to. I no, genuinely honestly. wanted to. It's just – a, there was only like two quality pitches he's throwing right now, and kind of he did have the best slider in all of baseball last year. I think it might have been the best pitch negative, in all of baseball. Negative 36, yeah, negative 36 yeah. run value. That's crazy. The fastball didn't actually grade out too much better than average. It only had a negative five. And then the sinker, we don't count 30 pitches. Changeup and curveball were both bad pitches. And so when he's not effectively using his curveball, which he didn't, um, a great movement, but just hasn't used it effectively. It's kind of concerning. If he can add that curveball into the strike zone, it'd be a lot more effective. Um, and then Dylan Seas could make my list next year. God, this is so confusing. Okay, 
Steps bring us into number five. Uh, number five, Brad's going to probably be angry with me for this one, but this is where I have Max Scherzer. Um, he pitched, he pitched, he was just barely uneligible for like Cy Young voting. Um, but he pitched to a 229 ERA, a 262 FIP, and a 0.091 whip. Um, if he was qualified for Cy Young, he probably was in the top five. He was to qualified for range. Cy Young voting. I thought he wasn't. ERA title. No. I guess I was wrong on that, but I think he should have been in the conversation for Cy Young last year. Um, but he was just not. Um, he's read across the board. He's very good, and nearly every metric like that you want to talk about. Um, I I don't know how you can discredit Max Scherzer. He's had an amazing career. Um, and for me, he has played more over the last five seasons than DeGrom has. Um, but again, DeGrom is better. I'm not arguing that, but I just, I, I I would rather at this point in time, heading into the season, Scherzer's proved it that he can be on the field more than DeGrom has. Uh, I think DeGrom's ceiling over Scherzer is quite significant. Yeah. It's also the thing that's been like pretty significant about Scherzer is it hasn't been smooth sailing ever since Dave Roberts decided to put him in a game five in 2021. Like it's been very shaky ever since then. And so says what you're going for on Cy Young voting. You can vote whoever you want for Cy Young voting. Like they can throw an inning and you can vote for them. It's the ERA title. You have to have 162 <laughs> innings pitched. Okay. Um, where are we? Number five. Yes. Brad, I'm curious where you're at on this one. Uh, I am at Shohei Otani. Uh, Shohei Otani, his big pitching breakout in 2022, 5.6 F4, uh, 11.87 strikeouts per nine, a good FIP, a great ERA, good walk rate, a fantastic batted ball, batted ball profile. He had five pitches with negative run value. That slider had a negative 28 run value with seven and a half inches, more horizontal movement than a league average pitch. Also, let's notice the fact that he had a 62.9% strikeout rate on his splitter. And he only threw it 12% of the time. Think about what you could do if he actually threw that pitch a significant amount of the time. I think I think he's keeping it deep in his bag. You know, he's he doesn't want to show the world the what? you know dude. People hit 125 off of it. Why wouldn't yeah. you use that? I I mean, I, I just feel like he saves it. He only saves it. Can you see what count he usually uses it in? He only uses it in like those pivotal, like he doesn't, you know what I'm saying? He doesn't use it on like yeah. zero zero. I mean, I would if I was him, but yeah, I mean, it, I I I try hitting it in the show and I can't, so I mean, I can only imagine in real life, you know. Um, yeah. Steps, you want to bring us into? Actually, I got number five. Um, I got an old guy. It's Justin Verlander. Um, I don't think injuries are a concern with me at this point. I mean, when you come back from Tommy John, and win the Cy Young while pitching 175 innings on limited pitching, I, I mean, I looked at his 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 um his numbers. The dude has thrown over 200 innings like 11 times in his career, or I'm not really good at counting, but you know, like he's done it a lot. And he's comes back after Tommy John and nearly does it again. Um, I don't expect him to, you know, reach that 200 mark next season, but he doesn't have to. You know, he only has to reach that 175 mark to win the Cy Young, as we saw last season. Yeah. Um, you know, still limiting limiting hard contact, doesn't walk people, strikes out still high. Um, and you know, he's actually not getting hit as hard as he did in 2019. Actually, about the same. 
but um you know the fact that he can keep that that same the keep the stats the same post tommy john surgery it, it says it says wonders about him that's fair um i i mean i have him at number four um justin verlander he comes off of tommy john surgery and puts up arguably his best season in terms of quality not in terms of like innings but arguably his best quality season he's ever had um it was great he didn't walk anyone he finally got a world series win so good for him um and since pitch tracking began in 2007 his fastball velocity was tied for his fifth best of his career which is pretty freaking impressive that's wild yeah uh, nothing really stood out in terms of like movement, but he has three pitches with like a high negative run value. So respect to the man. He's still kicking ass and he's going to be really good next year in New York. Sorry, Nats fans. Unfortunate. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let me open up the number four. Actually, let me continue the number four with Carlos Rodon, baby. Um, obviously I, I don't think there's too much bias. I think if anything, I should have some anger towards uh, Carlos Rodon because he he left us, um, but this is a guy, like we mentioned earlier, led baseball in uh, Ks per nine, um, third in strikeouts, uh, first in FIP. Stevs, go ahead. Did you see what he said about San Francisco compared to New York? Yeah, that that was a fake. That's a fake quote. No real, not real. Oh, that, um, that's a real quote. So Carlos Rodon, he obviously has that talent, and we're kind of seeing that he's one of the best left-handed. I think that you can argue that he right now he is the best left-handed uh, starting pitcher in baseball over Max Freed. Um, and I think I hope he can handle New York. You know, it's obviously a lot more mental out there, and you got the short porch. Um, it's it's it might not it might be a little bit more difficult to pitch out there. Um, but you know, San Francisco has developed his tools and kind of turned him into a really good pitcher. Um, any pitchers in baseball, if you're watching this, uh, come to the giants, we can help you out. Um, but Carlos Rodon elevated his career in San Francisco and he's going to continue that in, in, uh, New York, just a late bloomer. I would like to clarify that he was pretty much just as good in 2021 with the white Sox. Um, yeah, again, uh, injury, not do doing it for multiple seasons though. That's the big, big red flag on Carlos Rodon. And there's definitely some bias in there. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to push biases aside. But for me, I got Shohei Otani here. Um, Shohei Otani, it's incredible to see what he's doing on both sides of the ball. He only got better in 2022 compared to 2021 on the pitching side of the ball. Um, Brad even gave him a Cy Young vote in our Cy Young voting. Um like, I mean, the guy's incredible. He pitched 157 innings last year, uh, hit, hit, pitched to a 2.33 ERA, a 2.40 FIP, 101 whip. Like, what more do you really want from a pitcher, let alone a guy that can hit on the opposite side of the field? Um, and this is the only ranking that we actually have him in. So you kind of have, have to take that into account. What, Tom? Um, I just want to provide a quick counter argument. Just putting Shohei and Carlos Rodon solely on the pitching side of things next to each other. You got a guy in Shohei with an injury history on the mound who pitched 130 innings and then his career high 166 innings in a, in a breakout season. And then you got Carlos Rodon, who was arguably one of the best pitchers in 2021, who broke out then, pitched, what was it, 132 innings and then 178 innings and then continued that dominance. What is the difference between Shohei and Carlos Rodon with a guy, two guys with history of injury and one uh, guy that arguably performed better? Pure dominance. If, yeah, and if Otani only focused on the pitching side of the ball, he would 
probably that, such a lot. That's not a, that should not be a factor. That shouldn't be a factor. That, that it, definitely we're, we're, is a factor. But no, it is we're not. We're not. No, we're talking but it about is a factor. No, because yeah, he if hit, he only he hits, if Shohei Otani only pitched, he would pitch more innings and he would pitch a lot better. But that the shouldn't kid, be an argument because he does. But he it does, is. It's not. But, Sevs. but it is. Sevs, that doesn't make counter, any sense. Your counter argument is, but it is. Provide reason. And let, let me let me explain. Tom, if you are focused, it's like switch hitting. If you switch hit, like it, it you I know, I know. Time. In this in this hypothetical universe where Shohei quits batting, which he's very good at, by the way, he will become a better pitcher. However, yes. that is not going to happen. So in this universe where he's hitting and pitching, he will remain at this level. I'm also not arguing that Rodon. I, I mean, I'm not arguing that Rodon's pitch history is worse than Shohei's. I feel like I feel like it's it's that a similar conversation, Brad. What, do you have anything to say on that? You know, like a similar kind of thing with injury history. You know, breakout seasons and you know, like innings pitched concerned. Rodon doesn't have the innings pitched argument right now over Otani. They're they're borderline replaceable. It's hundred what's one hundred seventy eight versus one hundred sixty six or something like that. Yeah, and and then the season before they were both around one hundred thirty, so you yeah. can't really you can't put that into the equation, and. Shohei Otani, when he's on, is better than Carlos Rodon. It's like if you're talking pure dominance, Otani's better than Rodon. If you're talking day in day out consistency, it's a, there's an argument for both sides. But I think there's also like a certain it factor Otani brings over Rodon. I feel like that it factor is slightly biased by the fact that he's a two way player. I, I think that it doesn't a lot of matter. Function, it doesn't matter yeah. the context of the factor. It's the matter of the fact that he has it. Yeah, the I mean, it does in this hypothetical scenario. Yeah, I mean, so you compare the FIPS, it's one compared to three. I think they're very interchangeable. And it's weird because they're not very similar players at all, but they are interchangeable in the sense that they're both young, not young, but players that broke out in a season that they didn't pitch that many innings and were kind of worried about their health. I, I don't know. I feel like in the future, I'm curious where this where this leads. But right now, I have Carlos Rodon number four. Um, is that all of our number fours? Or Stevs, you got number four? No, that was Shohei Otani's number four. Okay. All right. This all right. these we top should, three should all be the except same. For, except for Stevs. Except for Stevs. Wait, Stevs. Wait. Who's your three? Steves, opens up. Yeah. Justin Verlander. Okay. 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 That makes sense. Okay. Uh, Justin Verlander pitched to a one seven five ERA, two four nine FIP, and a .03 WHIP, which was the second lowest whip on this uh a point oh three uh, whip eight three yeah oh 0.083, sorry yeah uh which is the second lowest whip on this uh, in my top 10 only next to jacob degrom in his 64 and a third innings pitch last season um he was the Cy Young last year he was he's technically a back-to-back Cy Young in the two years that he pitched um he because he was out for all of 2021 right 20, yeah, 2021. Yeah. Um, again, you guys have both talked about J- Justin Verlander. There's not really, there's not much more I need to add to him. Um, I mean, yeah, we like Justin Verlander. Uh, number three, I think Tom and I should be on the same page here of Jacob Degrom. Uh, we're not on the same page here. Okay, so I have Jacob Degrom because Jacob Degrom is the best pitcher in baseball when he's healthy. Uh, over the past three seasons. Uh, he's only thrown 222 innings, which ranks 120th uh, in all pitchers. However, he's 14th in war in that whole time. He doesn't walk anyone ever. He's in the 100th percentile for strikeouts and the 99th for walks. He's the best strikeout-to-walk pitcher in baseball, but he hasn't qualified. 
Uh, this is actually the first time since 2016 that his average uh, velocity on his fastball went down. But he let up a lot of home runs, which is weird. And he randomly had an awful exit velocity and barrel rate, which is interesting going forward. Yeah, I think that's definitely something we have to take, uh, you know, keep an eye on. Uh, I'm not too worried about it, but let me talk about num- my number three. Brad, you're going to talk about him in just a second. It's it's my boy, Sandy Alcantara. Um, he just, he, he I mean, he lasts a long time out there, long season, uh, led baseball in innings pitched. Um, I think it was 228 innings. Um, this is a guy that provides value. I think this is like what Garrett Cole wishes he was because not only does he pitch a ton of innings, but he's also super effective in those innings, at least this season. Um, and I hate to sound like LeBron James, but I, I, I really, I, I, last season I was like, Sandy Alcantara is going to be really good. And I, I, I'm sorry. No, that was, yep. You know what I'm saying? Um, I, you can, you could tell that a breakout was coming last season. You can, you can see that he was an all-star pitcher. And then he continued, he followed up that 2021 season with an even better season. In fact, it was a Cy Young season. So I think he's going to continue this this dominance over the league, uh, depending how his arm holds up. Um, but that's back-to-back 200-inning seasons. You just don't see that anymore in this age. Yeah. Uh, I, I like Snatty. Uh, Snatty. Snatty. Uh, he's a very good pitcher. I think the difference between him and Garrett Cole is one strikes people out and one pitches to contact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sandy Alcantara is a lot better at controlling exit velocities, as we've seen. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, spoiler alert, my number two. Um, he a fantastic pitcher, one of the best in baseball, obviously proved of the Cy Young Award last year, throws a ton of innings. He throws four pitches between 20 and 30% of the time, which is really unique nowadays. Uh, it's really difficult to figure out what's coming at you. His changeup is one of the best pitches in baseball. He leads, leads the league in innings since 2020, and he gets people to chase outside of the zone and put it in play for his defense. Yeah, I mean, Sandy's just he's just really good. I mean, Stebs, you want to talk about mm-hmm. Sandy before I talk about uh, Jacob DeGrom? Yeah, he lasts, he lasts a really long time. Uh, Tom, That's like Tom's favorite part about him. Um, but he, he, he plays the game the right way. He pitches the contact. He gets outs. He was the Cy Young winner last year for the NL. Um, one of the, honestly, probably one of the hardest races. Not strict, strictly, I'm trying to think about it, I want to say this, strictly based on a, like, because there's just so many people that were up for it last year in the NL, but Sandy kind of ran away with it from really early on. Um, he pitched a bunch of complete games throughout the entirety of the season, and he wants to be out on that field and play as much as possible. It's time to talk about the greatest pitcher of our generation, greatest peak we've ever seen. It's Jacob DeGrom. I mean, we all know he has the talent, you know, um, but I, I I got some hot takes coming up here. I think if he had finished that 2021 season, I think I can argue that it would have been the single greatest season all time from a pitcher. He had a 45% strikeout to a 3% walk rate. That That is, that is, that's just dominance. I mean, and that's not a sh- that short, short season. That's a 92 inning sample size. And I think that's significant enough to tell me that when Jacob DeGrom is healthy, he is the greatest pitcher in the game. Um, I, I think before the, those injuries really started getting in the way, he was a guy um, who would go 200 innings. Um, I mean, he almost hit that 200 inning mark five times in his career. Never mind, four times in his career in nine seasons. <laughs> well, Jacob DeGrom, he went 201, 217, 204. And then we saw the injuries come in in 2021 and 2022. There's a chance he comes back this season and is and, and makes it a full season. I don't know what it is. I think there's something with his mechanics that are getting in the way. I feel like 
he literally cannot survive without getting injured anymore because his mechanics are so sound or something that is that his tendons can't handle it. I don't know. Um, but clearly he has figured out the perfect motion. I mean, he, he, he has the best pitching motion in baseball. I love Jacob DeGrom, but I just don't think it's good for him. I don't know what's going on, but he cannot stay on the field. So I, I think he's so good that his tax only lowers him to number two on my list. I think his issue is that he's six foot four and 180 pounds. And it's really difficult to throw the ball 99 miles an hour on that body frame consistently. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's not like crazy out of the ordinary, but um, maybe like a little support there would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Get some, get some good Texas food, man. Yeah. Bulk up. He could Mm -hmm. use it. They got some. They got some joints in uh, Arlington, Texas. Some barbecue hey, joints. Oh yeah, that that Jacob Degrom. If you're watching this, just go out and eat some food, man. It's bulking season, baby. All right, let's go. Let's go to number one. We're all on the same page. I, I, so I, have, I have a couple of questions for uh, you okay, guys. Okay, okay. I have a couple of questions Dad. for you guys. Who leads all pitchers in F four since 2020? Probably Corbin Burns. And which pitcher has three pitches with a whiff rate over 46 percent? For three straight seasons, I would probably say Corbin Burns or something. And was, for the past probably... two seasons, what pitch has a negative twenty run val twenty one run value for Corbin this pitcher? Burns pitch, yes, Corbin Burns. Yeah, this, this, there's no question. I, it, I mean, so I mean, for, for me personally, I think I, I it's a it's a really hard debate between him and Patrick Corbin. Um, yeah, I mean Patrick Corbin just had his absolutely horrendous here another corbin (laughs) another corbin nah but corbin burns is sensational like his under the hood stats like i i know i knew they were good and then i looked at them and they are like out of this world good like i you can't really dislike corbin burns he's a good player he's a fun player uh apparently milwaukee doesn't like him anymore um i don't know brad do you have any insight on that or anything so they are a i guess the layman term would be a money ball franchise they just keep a low operating payroll and they didn't want to go the route of extension so they basically told him you're the reason we didn't make the postseason last year (laughs) and they won their arbitration case and he's going to be a los angeles dodger Oh man, that's a, that's quite that the uh, quite the guess there. I mean, he's probably pissed off with that arbitration case. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna come out the gate hot because he's uh, trying to get out of there, you know. Yeah. But I feel like we can't forget that he's a 28 year old former Cy Young winner, you know, who led all of baseball in strikeouts. And it's not just that he's pitched 369 innings in the last two seasons. That's that's a guy who eats innings too. Um, we did see a little bit of regression last season, Brad. What are your thoughts on the regression? I mean, the, the, that regression in quotations is not bad um (laughs) let me have a regression like that yeah i mean he was he had read for uh stats from expected batting average all the way to expected era which was i think this is the lowest expected era i've ever seen this is a two expected era just Uh, 2.00 yeah it it's fantastic like corbin burns one of the best pitchers in baseball in our eyes the best pitcher in baseball fairly so uh the one thing he like severely regressed on his his fip which is really just a matter of fact that he started letting up more home runs he had an ungodly 0.38 home runs per nine in 2021 which came back down to earth a little bit of one home run per nine in 2022 uh that was really his biggest regression is that his fly balls got hit harder than they did last year 
And in all honesty, he's a very, very safe pick for a Cy Young winner this year because you know what? When someone can control the zone like this, he has a cutter that saws off left-handed hitters, righties can't square up, and three pitches where people whiff nearly 50% of the time. The guy has ceiling. And he just turned it around. I mean, this is a guy I watched a lot of videos on who could not throw a four-seam fastball. I mean, his four-seam was awful. And he started, he turned that into a cutter and, and all of a sudden he's one of the best pitchers of baseball. I mean, the four seam in 2019 had a positive 24 run value. And that is horrible. I mean, that's, that's just like, it's gotta be one of the most ineffective pitches in baseball. And now that cutter back-to-back seasons, it's the same cutter. I mean, that 2021 to 2022, that is the same pitch. The cutter did not change. It stayed, it, the effectiveness has stayed. So I think that he has kind of established himself as the, the best cutter pitcher in baseball, maybe. I don't know. The best guy. I don't know. He's he's going to be good. He's consistent. I mean, again, he's really, really good. And there's no, there's no two, there's nothing else about it. Like he came out in 2020 and we were all like, oh, okay. Like maybe this is just his 2020. It's a small sample size. But then he repeated it. And then he did it again. And he won a Cy Young Award. And then it was really, really good again. So it's safe to say he's the best pitcher in baseball. So That's we want to touch on some guys that were not really talked about. Um, honorable mentions wise, I had Dylan Cease and Max Scherzer that were both brought up in the top 10 who were like my honorable mentions. Uh, Dylan Cease was my 10A or my 10B. Um, yeah. And if we're, if we're going to talk about, wait, Brad, do you have more, you have more on your list that, yes. that were in the list? Okay. Oh, no, no, no. That's it. That's it. Okay. Yeah. I just, I want to touch on the guys that were in the list that are in my honorable mentions. So I had Shane McClanahan, obviously. Um, Brandon Woodruff. Oh, sorry, not not Brandon Woodruff. No, I do have Brandon Woodruff, but different different guy. Um, I also have, I also have Brad. Who was your guy? Zach Wheeler. That's yeah, Zach Wheeler. I he also made my honorable mentions. Um, I think those are the only ones that made my honorable mentions from our list. For me, it was Garrett Cole and Zach Wheeler. Um, I I hate this Zach Wheeler slander here. Um, he just I just didn't like how he stacked up. He's very good. He's he's exceptionally good but i just didn't like how he stacked up to everybody else i guess that's I, he fair. was on the lower end of my honorable mentions i feel like, i feel like zach wheeler kind of just dodged stardom i feel like he kind of just got very good and then became consistent and no one really knows about him yet i feel like he'd fall in my like 12 spot but like, he's just a model for consistency I, I like him but he just there's so many there's so many pitchers it's hard Going back to our conversation about best cutters in baseball, if we're talking rates per 100, it's like for every 100 pitches thrown, like the best run value, it was yeah. Evan Phillips of the Dodgers last year. Uh, I said this to be thrown at least 50 times. And then uh, uh, Corbin Burns would have ranked 22nd, but he had obviously the highest run value, like the best run value total. Um, Another guy that I hope we all have in our honorable mentions is Spencer Strider. Uh, great rookie campaign. The only issue is he's thrown 134 career innings. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Um, let's see, Brad, do you have uh, Kevin Gosman on your list? I feel like Kevin Gosman's a guy that we have to kind of mention in that top 20 conversation, like that honorable mention. I have a top 15, um, so. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I don't know how Kevin Gosman finished second in FIP. I mean, FIP is a very telling stat. Um, how do you finish second in FIP and then not be very effective on the mound? I don't I don't understand that, but I still think he's gonna um, come back. His season. his Babip was I think in this like nearly three sixty. So we should see some positive regression next season. You think yeah. Be yeah. Uh, and they also stopped when he 
he, I think he was a pitcher that was a lot better without the shift. If I remember that correctly, I'll look that up right now. But Kevin Gossman just really benefited from some weird things. Like when his team was in the shift, the shift wasn't as effective. Uh, so I don't uh, really, yeah. I, I don't really know I, how I to kinda, take that. Yeah. I have more of an anomaly type of guy. It's Shane Bieber. I kind of want to talk about that significant <laughs> drop off in velocity. I don't know what happened. I mean, this is a guy who went 200 innings. So I don't see how the velocity drop off could be injury related. Um, it, it was injury related. It, how? How do you go 200 innings? And his shoulder, really his shoulder weakness, like like a lack of strength that he didn't rebuild. So just like a um like a stress injury over time. Uh, twenty twenty one, he had that injury. Because like I mean, if you if you're dealing with an injury like that, would you try to avoid pitching 200 innings and adding that mileage on a hurt arm or you know like he's no. still effective. Yeah, he was still effective. I just, I, I, so, I just not like he was back in 2020, which arguably was I mean, one of the one of the better seasons we've seen. When you, you have the ability and you have the young guys coming up, and you have that ability to just kind of you can take that step back and let Tristan McKenzie and Cal Quantrill come up and be the one and two, and you can kind of roll back into a three position, and you don't need to pitch. You can pitch a bunch of innings, pitch to a decent ERA, and get ground balls and stuff like that. What? You should call Shane Bieber there a three. No, I'm not. I'm saying okay. over time he can regress slowly backwards and let those guys because they're only going to get better and better. I He's think Shane Bieber is going to get his velo back this year and be better and better. Maybe, but yeah. again, it's just kind of like he can take a step back. He can let those guys do their thing along with him, kind of going out there pitching a bunch of innings and getting getting. He still is having production. Brad, I, I don't want to take your your guy from you. I mean, you should probably talk about Zach Allen, right? Ah, oh, love me some Zach Allen, guys. Yeah. Uh, Zach Allen is a fantastic pitcher. He was my big breakout candidate for 2021. Obviously, that didn't hit due to injury, but it finally happened in 2022. The dude finished top five in signing voting, as he should. He is the master of the vertical plane. He's And what he happens to pair it with a fantastic cutter, which just throws people off for a loop. His fastball and curveball combined for a negative 30 run value. And after all, command kills, baby. I got I got two more guys that I want to talk about. Um, Alec Manoa being the first one, obviously young talent, very good season last year. But I'm curious how he follows up that season. I think he finished in the uh, the Cy Young conversation, right? Yeah, top I three. Think he was number three. Yeah, so I should mean, have been Shohei, but yeah, we'll ignore that. Yeah, but I, a good season regardless. I I don't know how he follows it up. Um, I don't. I didn't really dive into the run values on him. Uh, but he does seem to have the stuff. And, you know, ever since he's come in the league, he really hasn't shown any signs of weakness. So I'm curious how he follows it up. Stevs, you got any more guys? I had Julio Urias. He was my last guy. That was um, my last guy. He's kind of – we've kind of – I think he's kind – I'm not going to say he's hit his ceiling, but, like, he's kind of, like, been consistent the last couple seasons. So I think this is kind of where he's at as a pitcher-wise. Um, He's within that, I'd say – eight to 14 range somewhere in there within the top 10 starting pitchers what do you yeah and in the contract here yeah that's very true i think i think he he's gonna be very good i what do you think do you think the dodgers are gonna try and re-sign him or i wouldn't i mean no one makes available yeah i mean this is a guy who just started throwing like a lot of innings like last season like he was I think was he a bullpen guy or just like a guy that was coming in and out of the lineup? Because he, he had sh- shoulder surgery, he had injury <sighs> issues, and he was a swingman. As you uh, remember I'll... that twenty twenty run, 
All I remember is um, Julio Rios coming up in 2016 and him being like, was he like 18 when he started his I, first game? Yeah. I remember oh. the, the the pickoff move against Harper. That was like, everyone complained that it was like a bot, whether it was a balk or not. It's actually wild, though. Very close. I, Stems, you can look. You, yeah. Bradley. I got a question for you. Uh-oh. Yes, Bradley. Who would you rather have, Dylan Cease or Garrett Cole? Mm. On my team for a full season or one start? On your team for a full season. Garrett Cole. I would rather have Dylan Cease. That's just me, though. Bradley, and I'm saying that because I, I think he'll get better. I think he will get better. And the control issue is a very big red flag for Brad. But I think when you manage to go – how many innings? There was like 100 – There was a lot of innings. 180 mm, innings yeah. and managed to – and I, I know Brad hates the ERA stat. But the ERA, it shows how many runs you give up. So, I mean, like, when you give up he, less runs, you I mean, strike out more guys. I mean, to be completely guy, like, fair, Garrett so Cole ahead. had a worse ERA, FIP. He had a better whip. That was about it. Compared to Cease, I'm looking. And the the only reason that whip is higher is because of walks. Um, Garrett Cole, the the quality of contact is bad, especially in New York, considering that, you know, balls fly out there. So, um, no, I definitely like Dylan Cease. I want to do a couple more comparisons like this. Wait, I can't say this one because Carlos Rodon versus Shohei. I'm going to be like, Carlos Rodon, you guys are going to be like, Shohei. Yeah. I'm trying to think. What's what's an even one we can do? Like, actually – we all have our own rankings, so it's like yeah, I mean, we yeah. all have a different opinion on it. Yeah, yeah I don't already, know. It, it would have to be guys that like we haven't talked about. How about how about this? How about nah. this? One season of one season of Justin Verlander coming up, or one season of Sandy coming up, like just next one, season, Snatty, just, Snatty. Yeah, just just one season yeah. next season, Snatty. Yeah, Snatty I, I, again. I, I rank Sandy over Verlander. Yeah, uh, and also in the argument of cease versus uh cole yeah cole can afford to let the ball get hit into play hard when yankees play really good defense behind him i believe their team won like the team platinum glove it's hard to feel when the ball's in the stands though that's all i'm gonna say he does he does give up the long ball a lot yeah it's very concerning for me i feel like i feel like I feel like in comparison, Garrett Cole's um, struggles of giving up the long ball is more of a red flag than um, Dylan Cease's walk rate, in my opinion. Just because he, he limits hits more, I think that makes him a better pitcher. I think it's just more also the White Sox defense sucked. That's true. And when you let runners on base, you open more opportunity for extra bases. That's fair. So with that, we're going to move into our top 10. Um Starting in at number 10, the reason I asked Stevs the question was because it was between Garrett Cole and Dylan Cease. No! And Stevs picked no! Garrett Cole at number Stavs. 10. At number you 9, can. Max Freed. And I think that Max Freed would have been number 10. But genuinely, we only had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top 10 are people we all had on our lists. Okay. Yeah, four, four people. Yeah, four people will only had one vote. Yeah. So... There, Garrett Cole and Max Fried, 10 and 9. Number 8, Max Scherzer. Number 7, Aaron Nola. Number 6, Carlos Rodon. Number 5, Shohei Otani. Number 4, Justin Verlander. Number 3, Jacob deGrom. Number 2, Sandy Alcantara. And the most questionable but obvious one, the unanimous Corbin Burns at number 1. 
Thank you all for listening to the 4A Baseball Podcast. We'll be back in your feed later this week with a new episode. Honestly, we made it through the power rankings, and we're so close to the World Baseball Classic and opening day. If you want to reach out to us, talk to us at all, you can find us on all of our, all of our socials that will be linked in the description below. If you have enjoyed and you want to leave a rating, we would appreciate it. We'll see you all next time on the 4A Baseball Podcast. Peace.